When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast. We've got the whole squad of four here today on an off day for the Avs. Oh, what? What's the better core for? Us? Oh. Toronto's. The Us. OC. Mm. The OC? That was the original core four. That's that was a great It's definitely show. not Toronto, so I'll put it that That's way. That's what I'm saying. They're the one <laughs> shit. I think it's here. Um. Misha Barton in the early 2000s was pretty popular. And what was Summer's character? Uh, Rachel Bilson? Yeah. Yeah. Great show. Are you looking for hockey or do you want drama? Because I feel like our core four doesn't bring a lot of drama to the table. Look, I'm bipolar. Just give me 10 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Just give me 10 minutes and find all the triggers, you know? Colorado weather, baby. (laughs) That's that's exactly (laughs) it. Colorado weather, my personality. (laughs) What's the difference? <laughs> Personality is the color. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> uh, we will be talking about Zach Parise today. Obviously, a bunch of rumors swirling about him potentially joining the Avs. But before we do all that, one rumor. One rumor that spiraled I'll start into another a one. super credible rumor, yeah. but it's just the one. We'll get to that. First, we want to give Nathan McKinnon his due. And I think we've done a, a decent amount of that. And there's nothing we can say that can give him more praise than what Jared Bednar said the other day about Nathan McKinnon. So let's listen to what Jared Bednar had to say when it comes to the best player on the planet, maybe? Yeah. Go ahead. Coach, uh, we've asked you a lot about Nate, and obviously high praise for him. He's made mention a few times that he's really dug in off the ice and, you know, this season, pay attention to his training, the way he's taking care of himself. Do you notice a difference in what he's doing right now away from the, the ice? Because it seems like he's on another level. Yeah, I'd say yes. Yeah. And here's the thing. He's always been the most dedicated guy off the ice since I've been here. Um, but this year, he's, yeah, it started last year, I'd say. He's carried it through the summer. Um, but what he's doing this year, he's really consistent with it. Um, and again, I'm talking going from great to elite habits or elite to like super elite habits off the ice. But he's found something with his desire to get better and his, um, I don't know, just his drive and his education of his off ice training. He's always looking for the edge, right? And he's found what clearly is working for him because like you you know like it's he just doesn't have many nights where he doesn't have his legs or energy and if it is it's probably my fault for playing him too much the night before or what have you right so he's found a way to to making sure that his body's recovering and that he's at his best every single night and that and that is shown on the ice the home point streak the two four goal games in just over a month natural hat trick this Anything he does on the ice at this point, like genuinely surprise you or shock you, like what would it take for him to actually 
shock you at this point? He couldn't. He couldn't surprise me. Yeah, I mean, that's just where he's at. I mean, you just look at what he does on a nightly basis. It's like, so he, he can't, I mean, I can't just, you keep asking me, but I just don't have anything really to say. What am I going to say? Are there any specific super elite habits he has? Any specific ones? Yeah, like yeah everything. Examples. Everything he does. Everything he does, like the way he, like it starts with all of his off-ice stuff. It's, I mean, it's relentless, it's consistent, it's dialed in to the point that, like he's, like he's going to do it. Like, like for example, most teams are on the road, we're moving cities, we get done a game, and most teams are on the plane or on the bus in 20 minutes and they're on the plane within an hour flying to wherever they're going and they get in early we get in late but we're not going to change it because nate has a routine after the game that he does at home on the road it doesn't matter because that's what makes him ready for the next game so it's hard, as a coach and even as his teammates, some guys like have followed suit and they're doing it. He's pushing other guys to do it, which makes us better. And as a coach, you just go along with it. You know, I sit on my computer and work for an hour after the game before we get on the bus. You know, and instead of getting in at one, we get in at two. But it's, you know, it works for him, and he's the one leading us. So whatever works for him, I say it all the time. Like it's. It's about the players because they're they're the guys that have to go out and play the game. And he so, is there any elite habits? I'd say yeah. Every single habit that he has is elite. You said you don't be surprised <laughs> by what he's been doing. Nothing he does can surprise you. But what is it like to watch him do what he's been doing? You know, not just tonight, but this this stretch, this season. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's special. But like I, I, I've always had a high appreciation for what Nate does. The 22 playoffs for me, it's just like, it's hard to beat that because that was the maturity in his game, the leadership in his game to just, you know, I talked about it on the radio this morning, to it, you could tell his, his focus wasn't on anything, you know, individual. It was completely unselfish. It was, you know, if you need me to play against McDavid, as long as they don't score, the rest of our team can hopefully outchance, outplay some other lines and we can get victories. It did, didn't matter. And he was open about it and he was willing to do whatever we asked him to do. So then it was just up to our staff to decide, you know, how does this work? And we, if you remember, we flipped wingers a lot and he played with different guys. He had different matchups. Um, a lot of heavy lifting on D-zone starts, and it didn't matter what the ice time was. He was going to be prepared to make sure we won, and we did, you know. So that my appreciation level for him, just not as an individual player, but as a leader of our team, that, that skyrocketed then. And, and really, it's I, I was worried last year at the start of the year about you know, how are all of our top guys and returning players going to come out this season? Are we going to be complacent? Well, they all had career years, you know, and Nate was one of them. And then now this year, it's just like they're they're taking it to a whole nother level, those guys, and this, especially Nate. So, I mean, my appreciation just keeps going up, but it's at some point, it's <laughs> I guess it's got to cap out. I, don't, I wouldn't bet against it. Is he as ho-hum about this stuff with you guys as he is with us? Because we asked him about you know, joining Sack's company, 
four goals, and he's just kind of like, eh, you know, whatever. Like, how's he reacting? <clears throat> Another thing that I like about him, so yes, but the other, that the the reason I really like his mentality of it is because. I think like deep down all the true competitors have it like it's not about what he's done or what he had done two years ago or last year or even this year to this point it's not what it's about it's about trying to win again right like so the focus is on the end game but he's really dialed into the process of of what he thinks is going to lead us to success right from everything he'll challenge the coaches other players and it's it's great. I, I find it to be exactly what I like too because he'll he'll push me, he'll push our staff, other players, everyone around him. It, he'll challenge you to make, and then you make sure you you know exactly what you're talking about and what you're doing, and that the details are tight because he expects him to be because of what he's giving to the team, right? If he's going to do all this stuff in order for our team to have success, he expects everyone else around him to do the same. And I would guess that the most frustrating thing for him is if he sees someone that's not committed or not going on a certain night or not consistent or my stuff's not in order or whatever it is, it's it's basically unacceptable, which is exactly the way I would like it. And all the real true competitors that are dialed into winning, that's the way you want it. Nate Nico's synergy was really on point tonight. Have you seen it that connected so far this season? Yes. I mean, how you specifically which game I don't know, but they've been they've been, you know, they've been good together for a long time. But it's just like, you know, it's it's been consistently good this year. Yeah. Okay. Lekkinen back tonight. Did he yeah. look like the Lekkinen that you've come to expect? And I guess too, did did you sense Johansson got a boost from having him on this line? Yeah, I, I like that line tonight. I think. Um, that was a great first game from Lucky. Involved physically, this that. I mean, I've I've seen Lucky play better, but for me, first game back, a couple months out, I thought that was a great game. Really responsible again on the checking side of it. Um, new line mates did power play, penalty kill, involved in all areas of the game, and he was a hard player. You know, he played with the grit and determination that we're used to, and it's only going to get better from here. When did that change? The the stuff you talked about with the landing at 2 a.m. instead of 1 a.m.? I can't, I'm sure that wasn't the way it was. You're right, it's right here. Like, when did that? Yeah, no, I don't know. But it's been that way for a while. Like, we're, we're, we're the slowest team in the league to move on. <laughs> By far. But, <laughs> but the reality of it is, is it's not because guys are just dilly-dallying around the locker room. You know, it's, it's, it's purposeful. So it's good. Yeah. Coach, you know, the last 40 minutes were you know, a really strong effort from your group, but Nate even talked about a little bit of a slow start. Yeah. It seemed like Georgie maybe had one of his better periods and he's had in a while. I loved his game tonight. Yeah, I thought he was fantastic. He just looks square and sharp. Less rebounds than we've seen. Notice some games here recently. Uh, pretty aggressive, challenging. Um, Definitely slow start. I, I I had it like seven, eight minutes. I was looking at it going, okay, let's go. And by the second TV timeout, we were at 12-something, um, and I was already starting to like the way our game was, was starting to come. So I kind of felt like, you know, three days off, you want to have a ton of jump, and I think we got there. Um, but our team, you know, it's like three days off is a lot. You know, so um, 
without playing a game. You know, we get used to playing, and, and it's easier to kind of jump into games. But I, I really felt like our intentions were right, and we and we did get there. And it was sometime later in the first period. Last ones, please. This morning you talked about your year facing criticism around going to the All-Star game. Has tuning out outside noise been a point of emphasis with him this year? Has it had any influence over some of his starts? And is that something that UC Parkala works with him on? Yeah, I mean, they talk about everything. Um, the mental approach to the game, you know, details of his game, where when we have breakdowns, you know, how is he handling it? Um, but I think for every player in in this league, especially when it comes to hockey, you're going to be under, you're going to get praise at times, you're going to get criticism at times. It's part of the... It's just part of the landscape, and you you have to be able to tune it out. Now, sometimes it's warranted, other times it's not. Sometimes there's a delay on your praise and a delay on your criticism. We've talked about that before, but I think deep down, I think as a player, coach, anyone involved, you have to consistently like look in the mirror and just keep. You have to be a good self-evaluator of your game, right? You you it can't just be because you're getting results that you're that you're playing great and it can't be if you're not getting results that you're playing poorly you have to understand what you need to do to have success and you have to like implement those things and have that process for yourself right and i i think he's been you know he's been searching a little bit at times this year i'd say but he's done a nice job of just like fighting through it and trying to narrow his focus onto what he needs to do i think that's a that's a priority for not just him but for all of our guys you you want to be involved in the whole team aspect but you have to first dial in what you're doing on a on a consistent basis before you can worry about too many other things okay thank you yeah thanks Wanted to make sure you know help the team win. How nice is it to have a performance like that in a game like this where you guys do come out on the right end of things? Yeah, it's always nice to score four. Obviously, uh, you don't mind if it's anything different. Um, hockey's a funny sport. Sometimes they go in, sometimes they don't, and right now uh, they're going in for me. Seems like you guys were puck movement was really on point tonight. Power plays or anything? Any extra jump? Just nice having those three days off. Yeah, it was a tough start, honestly. Uh, you know, it's 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 hard to have that many days off. To be honest, uh, the game is so fast out there, and to, to get acclimated um, took us 10 minutes. But then we played well. I thought the last 50, and um, but yeah, power play was good. Got some good looks tonight. How about special teams tonight? Yeah, yeah, power power play and PK were great. Um, puck movement was good, uh, guys. Uh, the PK uh, was great as well. You and Nico both had five points tonight. Like that synergy was just pretty outrageous tonight. Do you, do you feel that right as you got on? No, no, slow start. Uh, you know, we had some looks in the first, but um, took us a bit to, to get into the game. And, uh, you know, he was playmaking so well tonight, looking for me. Uh, you know, on my third, it was a really nice pass on the two-on-one and uh, really selfless hockey from Miko. Passing sack within the home point streak and then also, you know, tying him with the natural hat trick. What does that mean to you? Uh, not much, honestly. Um, Joe's a legend and I don't know, different areas, I guess, and uh, pucks are going in for right now. You, you said that you guys had a slow start. George, you had a really strong first. Just what can you say about his performance tonight and what that means for you guys, you know, to have the confidence in a guy like that? Yeah, we need him. Um, you know, we, uh, if we're going to win, we need Georgie to be Georgie, and he's been solid, I, th I think, lately, and uh, like you said, great first and kept us in it. 
Lekkanen return to the lineup. Could you feel the impact of his return in the balance of the four lines? Yeah, just even just the, the puck pursuit. I mean, no one's as good as him in the whole league, I don't think. Obviously, him and Val are two of the best. And, um, you know, his stick is so good. It was it was fun to watch. And such a great teammate. Obviously, he's used to being on the top line and first unit. And um, just a, such a supportive person and um, selfless teammate. And, you know, does all the things that no one else wants to do. So, uh, great to have him back. Second time with four goals this year. Do you put the pucks anywhere special? Do you have them uh, saved anywhere? No, I told Donnie to throw them in the crowd. I don't. I'm not gonna keep them. So hopefully people like them. Heard some MVP chants out there. Do you kind of take anything from that, or does that mean anything to you? I mean, I've heard them before, and I've never won MVP, so <laughs> it doesn't mean much. <laughs> but obviously, the fans are very supportive. Um, but yeah, I'm not getting my hopes up. Back on top of the uh, points leaderboard. Does that mean anything to you? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It's 48 games in. Uh, I got the most points. There's no, nothing awarded for that. Uh, obviously, I'm just trying to play well, doing a lot of work on and off the ice, and it's paying off right now. And obviously, the, the players on this team, I mean, I wouldn't have this many without the, uh, some of the best players in the whole league. So, um, like I said, a lot of help, and things are going well. Thanks, Nate. Yep. Okay, thank you, Nate. Have you ever been part of that? And LA Welcome back. <laughs> Uh, quite the conversation between Bednar and McKinnon there. Uh, th my emotions, my uh, facial expression is a lot like what McKinnon's was in that interview every time Nathan McKinnon does something dope. You can't help but just laugh about it. Like, it's outrageous out here. Gets that, like, moon face going on? Yeah. Hey! Whoa! Like, so I'm not meaning to do this, but look at me light up. <laughs> it's what happens when you have one of the best hockey players in the world. I uh, will open the floor really quickly here before we move on. Any anything you guys want to add about Nathan McKinnon and the year he's having so far? Just keep praising him as we've <laughs> been praising him a lot. Yeah, we gave him some flack the first ten games. And he had he, nine points. Yeah, and he, worthy and, of flack. And since then, he's had just a bit more. <laughs> AJ's very got flackable. the numbers. AJ's got the numbers. Since then, it's been bum 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 bum. bum. <laughs> What's nope. the numbers since after the first 10 games? It's Oh, I don't remember anymore. Oh, I'd have to go back and pull them back 73 up. 73 points. It was like 70 in 38 and games. Yeah, yeah, something like that. It's, it's, all, it's so close to two points per game that yeah, year. It's close enough that you're like, what? 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 <laughs> what? If you're not doing anything else with it, go oh. bet on Nathan McKinnon. Also, just real quick, just because I tweeted out today, yeah. 16 goals in his last 16 games. That obviously includes two four-goal games, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> 16 goals in 16 games is hilarious, honestly. A goal per game pace is insane. Yeah. yeah. And it could be at least one more. Yeah. <laughs> L-O-C in your hat trick. <laughs> I thought about, like, couldn't have possibly known it at the time, but Nathan McKinnon gave away what would be back-to-back -back hat tricks mm -hmm. by giving that hat trick to LOC. <laughs> kind of outrageous. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed it, LOC. Look, if you want... Logan! Yeah. If you want a long odds bet, go bet on Nathan McKinnon to get a hat trick with DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, go over there, sign up with code DNVR today. Put in a deposit, you can get $200 in bonus bets when you bet $5 on the NHL. 
Go jump on it with DraftKings. Get the bonus bets. Sign up with DNVR to let them know we sent you over there. Obviously, a ton of awesome stuff to bet on. Not just ridiculous hat tricks by Nathan McKinnon, but great bets like a Kale McCarr point or the Avs to win or, you know, bet on the Nuggets and Jokic to get one assist to a rebound away from a triple-double. The Sombor triple or whatever they call it. I forget. Uh, either way, you can bet on it with DraftKings. You can also bet on other sports completely unrelated to Colorado, if that's your thing. DraftKings has you covered uh, use that DNVR code when you do sign up and make sure you let them know we sent you over there. And of course, when you do sign up with DraftKings, you must be 21 or older, physically located in a state where gambling is eligible. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER on, or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League, copyright NHL 2024, all rights reserved. It's like a race. It's like a horse race. Uh, the faster I get through it, the faster it's over. That's I can get back to my betting after that. Uh, also, when you win a little bit of money with DraftKings, what did it dunk on you so badly? Okay, you can Just go ahead. I'll no, allow. it's fine. It's fine. Uh, do something smart with the money you win and take it over to College Invest. Invest in the future of your kids or, or whoever it might be that you want to help support go to college. And the best part about College Invest is it doesn't even have to be a traditional college necessarily. College Invest programs work for things like trade schools or other avenues of success. So get with collegeinvest.org today. Open up an account. They also give you a bunch of tax breaks here in Colorado if that's what you want. So great way to do that. Uh, and get yourself some good tax breaks. Uh, make sure you're, you're saving for college early. Collegeinvest.org. Open up a savings plan today. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Our main topic of today, Zach Parise. Per Russo, who is a pretty reliable source. Yeah. She's really one of the only reasons that we're spending as much time on this as we are. Zach Parise is supposedly set to sign a contract to the NHL very soon, and it is supposedly going to be with the Colorado Avalanche. Let me start. For, for the record, I went back to the podcast <laughs> in which he talked about this because I just want to get the phrasing of this mm -hmm. out mm -hmm. there that um, I, I went back and listened to it, and I thought it was going to be a little more ambiguous. I thought it was going to be like, oh, hey, we think he's going to sign pretty soon, and the Avs are one of the teams that have been that it sounds like he's interested in. Um, there's nobody more plugged in to Minnesota wild hockey and right. like players yep. and the relationship that he has with Parise obviously extends back a decade. Yep. That Russo, yep. like for, for all the frustration that he has caused abs fans, uh, on social media over the years, <laughs> uh, that guy is a phenomenal reporter. Yep. And when it comes to. Him reporting on um, anything that might happen with either the Wild or with X Wild players, some of those yeah. guys that he has known for a long time. That is a guy that you feel you feel like there if if where there's smoke, there's absolutely fire. Yep. And his wording was pretty strong in it in that he said uh, he thinks that the he he thinks that he's going to sign and he's going to skate with the team that he signs with 
through the All-Star break to kind of get ramped up and ready to go. And he, there was no bending of it. He said, I think it's going to be the Avalanche. I think he's going to Colorado. Um, and said that uh, the Islanders are not part of it anymore. That the Bruins had shown interest, but he thinks that it's it's done with the Avs. Or not, I don't want to say done. That's putting words in his mouth. But that the Avs will ultimately be his choice. And so it right. was pretty strongly worded from a guy that would be in the know exactly yeah. and so until until this actually happens you know whatever whatever but that's that's the origin of this conversation yep uh, is that a guy that is very good at what he does more uh, solid than a random twitter rumor we'll put yeah it exactly way. and and it would it's more solid than you know like it, it's certainly these days it seems like kevin weeks tweets eyeballs with yeah. different team logos and is like what are these guys up to mm-hmm. and then you know it goes dark for two weeks so it's not quite like that. It's not just it's not just rumor mongering. It's Russo was pretty strongly worded in, in saying that he thinks that Parise and and the Avs is going to be a, a fit. Uh, I know AJ's answer to this already. So let me ask the couch first. One, is it emotionally challenging as an Avs fan to have Parise join the team? But two. Do you guys think Parise makes sense in Colorado? I can get past the emotions. So can I. I think that, yeah, I, I don't have as much emotions tied up in that. But bigger than that, I think he makes sense in Colorado. I think he is righting the wrongs of Tomash Tatar. You look at what he would likely come to Colorado on, I'm sure it's in the range of the Tomash Tatar contract or lower and then prorated. And so it's not going to be a high price tag. No. And then recognizing that he is 39 years old is important to recognize. But just last year, put up around 16 minutes average. That is going to already be better than what Ryan Johansson gives you, especially if he earns the trust of Bednar. And in the same way that we rallied around Tomash Tatar coming into the year, coming off a 20-goal season, Zach Parise can say that as well. And I think that as far as forward depth is concerned, I'm very clearly stating him as a depth player, not the 2C solution. He is a winger, and so he is going to be limited then to just the wing. But I think he's going to be a great replacement for what Tomash Tatar was supposed to be, what Kivi Ranta has kind of hung around in the Avs lineup trying to be. And it's going to be, though, in the skill level of Tomash Tatar. So yep. that's still an upgrade, uh, quite a bit of an upgrade over Kivi Ranta. I don't think they have too much to lose. The only concern, of course, is not having played hockey. What has his training and conditioning been like through this point? But I don't think the Avs would not do due diligence where that is concerned. I imagine that this is somebody who takes very good care of himself and they of course are interested in the cultural fit as well. It makes a lot of sense for a depth player that it's pretty low risk, medium reward. Always heard he's a hockey, you know, like fanatic. Mm -hmm. Lives, eats, breeds hockey. Obviously his father was in the NHL back then. So this is the bloodlines and this is what he lives for. Um, I, the, do I think he's a good fit? Uh, yes. He doesn't have a cup, right? No, he missed the cups Correct. in Jersey. So it makes sense if he wants to pick, if he's got multiple choices to cut, it would make sense to pick the Avalanche because 
I think we're all, you know, I'm picking him to win the Stanley Cup. So I think as a fan himself, like I'm saying, he is a hockey fanatic. Ooh, that team's got a good chance to win. Now, do I think he can help out? Yes. Uh, multiple reasons. Well, he's an impact player. I think if he can in that role of what we think he's going to be, he's not going to be a top-end guy. Um, so he can be impactful. He is better than some of the options that the Avs have now. Megan just said it. Kiviranta. Um, just use that. Um, as far as being older, as a 39-year-old guy, um, it will take him a few games to get back on track. We yeah. just saw it with Leckie last game, for example, and Leckie's not 39. Uh, but I like it because he'll be fresh. This is a fresh body. This is not a full season. The NHL is a grind. Uh, so if you go back right now and you're like, okay, give him a week or two to get his legs underneath him, I don't care that he's 39. Then he brings experience, he brings tenacity, he brings leadership, uh, and then he brings all the qualities that, quite frankly, are needed to be on a championship winning team that you know have aspirations to win it all. So I, you don't have to give up any assets to get them. Uh, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's a no-brainer for me if, if that's what it... Now, we haven't watched the Circle K team that he plays on mm-hmm. in, in Minnesota, I'm assuming, or wherever he's making his off-season home, you know what I mean? So with the beer leagues, so... Yep. But I'm assuming <laughs> people have pride, you know what I mean? So he's kept himself in the sense that he is doing the, the stuff necessary to, to be at the National Hockey League level of fitness, play, and skill-wise. I'm sure he's got his own skill guy and... I'm making a joke here about the beer leagues, but you know what I'm saying. So, and somebody went and pulled up the NHL edge <laughs> numbers from Parise. Did it surprise you? It did because I my question was how's the skating fit because that was an area with Tatar that you were concerned about as part of the fit and we the Rijo story. Is I think what it we is, overlooked yeah. when he signed here. And then, obviously, with Rijo, um, it's been a gigantic problem. And with Parise, it's not a problem. He's, he's right there in the middle of the league in terms of his skating. So that, uh, if you want to go find that tweet from Megan, she's, you, know, it's, you, can, you can actually see all, those, all the details of it. But that, I think, speaks to, okay, hey, he can be a fit here. The fact that he averaged less than 16 minutes of ice time um, in, in the two years with the Islanders. Um, that is a scores 20 goals last year. It's not, and it's not buoyed by like a 17% shooting percentage shot, like 11% last year. So (laughs) you're talking about a guy that can, uh, in a perfect world, is probably on your fourth line, but you're not living in a perfect world right now. You're living in a world with no Val Nachushkin. Safety valve. I I don't think, this is that complicated of a conversation. Zach Parise had as many points last season as Yoel Kiviranta has in his career. Right. It's it's in, a pretty straightforward upgrade in that regard. In in the in the world with in in a, in a world where you don't know when where Val Nachushkin is on his uh, like what what his status is when he's coming back if he's coming back you don't know what's happening with Val Nachushkin. This is a middle six option for you um, that you, you really don't want to mess with Wood. Uh, Colton and LLC, sure. you'd like to leave that be. But you're playing Andrew Cogliano on a third line that's just not sustainable right but, now. But, yeah, and, and how much better do you feel about, okay, if it's it's Parise with Johansson and Lekkonen for a little while while you try and figure out the center option, whatever. More to do, uh, of course, Yeah, it has but. to happen there. Uh, this is, 
he, his style of game just fits what the abs could really use where um, Parise when he was at his best was a was a really skilled grinder mm-hmm. now he's not that good anymore uh, his game has obviously fallen off quite a bit he can still be a productive goal scorer for you this is not a guy that you're coming in and saying he's going to be a top six a true top six guy he's a middle six guy right now and as you get healthier primarily Nachushkin, um you're talking about third or fourth line for you. Probably fourth line, because, again, you really don't want to mess with that trio that has been so brilliant together. Sure. And it's what Eric was talking about earlier, I think, is also really important because the guy's a nut about <laughs> hockey. He yeah, wants to win a is. cup. Oh, he's very dedicated to the game. He's very dedicated to the workout. We heard, we we just listened to Bedner talk about oh they get out of they they leave later than all the other teams because the team finishes playing a hockey game and wants to work out for another hour. Like that's not a guy that's going to come in and be intimidated by that atmosphere. He's yeah. going to embrace it. He's going to be like oh you guys are a bunch of whack jobs too, huh? <laughs> Great. And also this this makes a lot of sense. Because right when the Avs made the Tatar trade is when you started to hear Zach Parise was looking at coming back. He was, he was looking at signing with somebody. And maybe they just said, hey, we'll live for a couple of months. We'll, let's do this after the All-Star break. Maybe he wanted it. Maybe he hadn't totally made his decision, whatever. But the Avs clearly made a hole in that top nine. And this is a guy that, that temporarily fits very nicely. Long term just makes you a little bit deeper of a team. If, yeah. if you, you know, Kovalenko comes over, Zach Parise is a left wing. Kovalenko is a right wing. They're not necessarily going to take spots from one another. But it gives you flexibility. If, if Kovalenko's beat up, if he's tired, if he's not able to make the kind of impact that the Avs are hoping that he makes in the, in the long term as an NHL player immediately this year, you know what Prize is going to give you. It's it's not great. It's it's you're not talking about. Oh my God, this is going to be a really high impact guy for you. That's not the case. But it is the case of this is a guy that has a 20 goal season last year that you can put on a second power play unit instead of Miles Wood. Yep. Gives you just a little bit extra depth and can help you just a little bit all over all over your roster. If you get Gabe Landeskog back, these are good problems to have. Yep. Oh, no. Are you now scratching Andrew Cogliano in the round one of the postseason if you're healthy? Like, that's a, a great conversation to be having. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great conversation to be, to be putting yourself in the position to. It's free. They're at 46 contracts right now. You can afford to go and sign this guy. You're going to... You know, this this doesn't, he's not going to, he's not a center. He's not going to play 4C for you. That's not going to happen. So your priorities remain the same. You still need a backup goaltender. You still need a fourth line center, probably. And this also, you get, they, they get a fourth line center at the deadline. Frederick Olofsson is now your 13th forward. Yep. Maybe 14th forward, depending on health and all these other things. Yep. Frederick Olofsson is your 14th forward. You feel pretty good about because Frederick Olofsson's been a pretty good depth guy. For the abs this year. Like he's proven himself to be a decent fourth line guy. 
has struggled more when he's had the Kivirantas and the McDermott's around him than he has, you know, when he had Cogliano and LOC, that fourth line was really good. Yep. So you, you should feel fine about Freddie Olofsson on your fourth line, probably as a wing. Sure, whatever. But this just gives you more versatility. It gives you a little bit more depth, and it's free. They don't have to trade a seventh-round pick. They don't have to trade, you know, a fifth-rounder for the end this year's Andrew Cogliano. None of that. Plus, you get the obligatory old guy that's never won a cup inspiration. Now we know who the fourth guy who hand, they hand the cup to if this goes really well. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Like, yep. And you know that that guy's going to be dying for it. He's going to be there every day. And as Eric mentioned, yeah, he's 39. It's a concern. If he was playing an 82-game season, he's not. Playing 30. Yep. You're going to have him play 30 games and then 22 playoff games when the Avs win the Stanley Cup next. <laughs> 23. It's barely over half a season. Like, yep. It's a it's a pretty good deal for Parise. It's a it's a pretty good deal for the Abs if this comes to fruition. Now, if he signs in Vegas, he's old, broken down, and sucks. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> Boo! And I, it's a bad call. I think you know a point I don't want to drive by too quickly too is health. You know, health is optimism, and depth is a solution. Depth is good planning, and if Val Nichushkin was unavailable to the Avs in the playoffs. That is a big if. I'm not saying that's going to happen. We just saw what happened when it did. They're going to need forward depth. And right now, you don't trust Curtis McDermott. You don't trust Joel Kiviranta. That is not the type of depth you need in a playoff series. The type of depth you can hope for is Andrew Cogliano coming into the lineup. And we saw as they got deeper and deeper into the playoffs of the 2022 Cup run, players went down. Yep. And they survived it. And so this is the kind of addition that just makes it a more well-rounded forward group with good depth that they can count on. That is a mature hockey player that they can count on for playoff hockey. And I think that's really important moving forward. Look, from a cap perspective, it also means you really have to do whatever you have to do to move Ryan Johansson at the deadline. That's my one devil's advocate to this move is are you making your life harder to do a bigger move? I don't think so. I just think that it may, it might mean that you have to make another move that you have to do. You just have to call somebody and be like, you have to call Chicago and be like, look, we need to, you have to take Ryan Johansson. Yep. You're paying everybody else under the sun, $4 million. That guy makes $4 million next year. He's perfect. <laughs> he's going to help you get to the cap floor and you're not going to notice he's out there. And he can say, wow. he, he can say nice things to Connor Bedard. Right. He's a great teammate. It'd be perfect. It's just a fit. We're not, right? You know, we're not judging I, him, right? We've always said the I fit's tough. I have full confidence that the same thing that has happened to Tomas Tatar will happen to Ryan Johansson when he goes and same. plays for a team that just makes more sense for his style. Yeah, Continues but. to just be a solid NHL player. It was just a, a not good a good enough fit here. Yep. But the thing about Prize is the way he plays the game, what the Avs want from him, what the Avs expect, how to get success out of him, he's done that for the last two years with the Islanders. He, was, he struggled to do it in Minnesota because he was playing too big of a role. And it was obvious he wasn't that guy anymore. He scored 21 goals last year playing like 16 minutes a game. Yep. That's roughly where you can expect he would get his yeah. ice time this year or in an abs uniform would be right in that same neighborhood. Might be a little bit lower because of special teams, whatever it might be. The, the one thing about, oh, he might, you know, maybe he pushes Cogliano off the roster, whatever it is. Is he going to PK for you? You need to find special team solutions. But again, this is a very, very good problem to have. A world where Arturi Lekkinen's back in your lineup. 
Yeah, and, and some of those solutions solve themselves. This is this is an April twentieth problem. Yeah, like, totally. Like in the immediate, no, he's not pushing <laughs> Andrew Cogliano <laughs> right out of your lineup. The answer is no. But you want layers of safety. If you're gonna win it all, you want layers of safety. You want nine ten Ds and put Huntsy in there in the ten Ds, right? You want you want a level of of defenseman that you feel comfortable. <laughs> if something happens, you know again. Lock on wood. Extra forwards. And that's why a lot of teams going to have to make sure they have three goalies, right? You know, for all the reasons. So I think it's a it's a safety net. It's a level of protection. And if they're doing it for that uh, reasons and, and, and they've done the character check and, uh, well, the reasons and why is he want to do this and why is he a fit, then what they got to lose? I'm, I'm a little – my one hesitance uh, here is that – are they going to have too many hockey psychos in that room? <laughs> they have too many. Like, they need to, one thing about Tomas Tatar. He was happy go lucky. He was happy to be at the ring. At what point do you go Smiled full Mad Max yeah, with it, your lineup? Exactly. <laughs> do they have enough guys to bring the levity to the room? Is Miko Rantanen enough of a Is goofball Miko? to handle everybody He's else? He's the moose. He's right? fine. Brings what it down. Ask Colton and Miles Wood. If they get a little more comfortable, they can bring the levity. They could be some goofies. Yeah. They're goofies. Perfect. Yeah, Logan Logan <laughs> is, is gaining a lot of traction, you know what I mean, with, with his confidence this year. So there's and a guy I, that I, can I, just... Logan you know, might fall into the psycho category. Yeah, yeah he, he, he might. <laughs> All right. This, in Kale we trust. In Kale we trust. <laughs> That's it. The, My guy. Also, I, I remind people because there's a lot of like, oh, who are you taking out of your lineup? Oh, don't worry about it. Great conversation. That's a good problem. Do you remember game one of <laughs> yeah. round one against Nashville? You remember yeah. who was a healthy scratch in that game? It was Alex, Alex Newhook. Newhook. I know. Nicholas Abe Kubel was on your third line, and by the end of the postseason, he couldn't get into a game. Yep. Andre Burakovsky gets hurt in that cup final, yep. and he just kept rolling along. Like you need, you're gonna need a couple of extra guys. And instead of saying your 14th guy is Jason Poland or Oscar Olsson or Andre Pavel. Your 14th guy is Frederick Olofsson. You feel much better about your position going into a postseason. Yep. It, at a certain point, if a move makes you better, you just do it. It, it doesn't have to it, be that complicated. It only costs money, which they have a little bit of because of the Tatar move. Yep. Yeah. And you know that they're probably going to make more. They're going to make more. They're, if, they don't get a, if they don't get a 4C and a, and a backup goaltender, I will be stone cold shocked. Yeah, like shocked if those at very, very, very minimum, those do not happen. I am fully confident that they will add another top nine center. I don't know how good it'll be or what the price will, whatever, but they'll add another top nine center to that. So I think that there are three moves coming. I think some of the guys that are on the roster right now aren't going to be here. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Johansson's like the easy one, but sure. you know, you're also looking at Kiwi Ranta's an obvious candidate for odd man out. Yep. <laughs> Just the reality yeah. of the business. And side. how much better do you feel about your depth if Kivi Ronta is your 15th guy instead of Jason Poland, et cetera, et cetera, yep. you know, yeah, whatever. It's exactly what it is. A guy that plays 50 games Look, for you this year, and you're like, exactly all right, well, that guy's, you know, now that guy can't even come close to our lineup. Look, going out and getting Parise is like going up on your roof, seeing you might have a little bit of a leaky gutter. That's right. And then calling Red Hawk roofing to go and get it fixed, all right? 
go get with Red Hawk mm -hmm. Roofing today. Go to redhawkroofing.com. They'll come out. They'll inspect your roof. It costs you nothing. It's a free inspection. They'll take pictures. They'll do everything up there. Bring it down to you. Show you what's going on. Hopefully, everything's good. But if something is wrong with it, Red Hawk Roofing can get it patched up quick for you. They even have 24-7 service. So if an emergency happens, a freak hailstorm pokes a hole in your roof, they can come out in the middle of the night. Get it fixed so you don't end up with more damage. Go check them out. They're a local company just like us, Red Hawk Roofing. They're super awesome. We appreciate them a ton over here. Then, once your roof is all patched up, go out and get yourself some snarfs and enjoy yourself. Yeah. Delicious sandwiches. You cannot go wrong with any of their choices, whether it's a simple ham and cheese or all the way to a complicated provolone pastrami, jardinera, spices. I don't even know what goes on sandwiches I had anymore. Yesterday. It was good. We're just simple people sometimes. They got the complicated stuff, too. Uh, Snarfs has a bunch of different locations here in Colorado. The original OG location out in Boulder. Uh, we love them. They're fantastic sandwiches. Notice yesterday, one right by my house. Didn't even know. There you go. I was like, what? They're it's like an old little plaza. Yeah. I was like, what? Uh, dangerous. Dangerous. Yeah, he's going to be eating a lot of Snarfs now. He's in trouble. Uh, also, have a DraftKings pick of the week for you here. I'm not going to do anything. Actually, wait. Maybe I should make a an all-star game bet. Oh. I, I was just going to pick the abs to win tomorrow, but maybe uh, I should pick like... Thousand goals plus combined in the all-star game. Thousand goals plus. <laughs> I don't pick Sabalenka to win the Aussie Open on the women's side. Sold. Done. I... I a guy awesome. who I know has already missed bets on the Australian Open so far. So really uh, leaning into that. Yeah. Go do that. Go bet on the NHL All-Star Game. Go jump in with whatever you want with DraftKings Sportsbook. Fading us is a reasonable choice if you don't like our bets. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Uh, look, Colorado is in an interesting spot because... No one will lie to you and tell you that they're a complete team right now. Yeah. Even if they were relatively healthy, excluding Landis Gog, they would not be a complete team right now. So there's more work to do, and we still don't fully know what this team is going to look like. But you start talking about adding a Parise. You start talking about adding a middle six center of some kind. You get a Kovalenko over. You get a Val Nachushkin back. And you're starting to see how this team can get built into something that's going to be tough. Yeah. I don't know if it's quite as good as that 2022 roster was. No. But it's pretty good. I mean, a team that went 16-4, and four, you're just trying to get to 16. True. It's the only number that matters. Yeah. Isn't it? You go 16-4, and four, you go 16-10, and 10, you still have a parade. What's the max? You could do 16-12 and 12 would be the absolute max. Yeah. 12? Yeah. 12 you can't losses. lose more. Yeah, a lot of game seven. It's all game seven. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a stressful run. But again, it doesn't matter. You get a parade at the end of it. You're, it doesn't matter. It's all good. I think, you know, I'm going to add something too. Is like, I think you owe it as management to your team. Uh, you owe it, for example, that the season Nathan McKinnon's having or Kel McCarr or and what the boost that it does to a team when you go hey listen we went and got better at this position x you know what i mean and it's like you didn't just stand pat you didn't just sit still 
It doesn't matter how big the move is. You're doing it for your locker room, and you hear that all the time, but it's true. It gives it gives them wings. It does, because it's like, hey, we believe in you. We, we know that if we're adding this little piece that will make you guys even better, this is a guy that will fit form to your team on the ice, in the locker room, um, and this is why we're doing it, and we believe in you, and we, we, we think we can win it all. You know what I mean? But sometimes if you just sit still, it's like you're almost telling them, ah, maybe it's not our year. You know what I mean? Like, And I understand you need a dance partner. Listen, I totally understand that. It's Like I said, this is not Xbox. It's... Yeah. You, you, it, those are real things, but I do believe in. I said in Kale, we trust earlier. Mm -hmm. And C Mac and the crew, we trust. You know, what I mean, they're gonna, they're gonna make the best, because this is a special team this year. You saw it last night. It's a special team, special players, unique players. Everybody talks about them, whether it's Sheldon Keefe or anyone, mm. right? They all, the all these guys are good. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> no crap. So I think. They know it as management, Joe, company, everybody, and they're going to do their best to, to, to do something where they're just pushing them over the edge. You know what I mean? Like to, yeah. to go and perform and let's go, let's all do it together. You know? And uh, I already wrote this in an article uh, recently. P.S. Go read it. But <laughs> I think this is, a, this is probably a legacy defining deadline for Chris McFarland as the yep. Avalanche GM. And that's not to say that the Avs won't have chances to win cups in future years. They will. These guys are the, the core. This core of this team isn't going anywhere. Um, so they will continue to be highly competitive. But with McKinnon at the peak of his powers. You're not going to go for you, it now. It, when are you? Exactly. Yeah. You have to. You owe it to those guys. You really do. You owe it to them. You owe it to Nathan McKinnon. Everything that Nathan McKinnon has given your franchise. You owe it to him. To get him help, you owe it to the guys around him that have kept you afloat, kept you winning games with all the injury issues in that forward core. You're playing a third line as your second line. You owe it to those guys. You owe it to Logan O'Connor having a career year with increased opportunity and going from a fourth line guy to a third line guy. That's a third line guy you no longer have to go and get because that guy stepped up for you. You have obvious holes on this roster. You owe it to every one of those guys to go and get improvements that... that help help you increase your chances to go and win a Stanley Cup. And if you go big and you don't win it, that's okay. At least you went for it. You saw in the Eastern Conference last year, you know, everybody always likes to make fun of, oh, yeah, what a what a bunch that did. You know, the, the year Columbus went for it. You think that that Columbus fan base is disappointed they didn't win that Stanley Cup that year? Mm -hmm. Of course. But they won a first-round series that they'd never done before. Yep. They owed it to that group to try and at least go for it. They owe they uh, Mc, McFarland owes it to those guys in that room right now to go big. And this, they win another Stanley Cup. You win two Stanley Cups in three years. He wins one as the guy with his name next to the general manager title. He accomplishes more than David Poyle has in his career, for example. It's extremely hard to do, is what I'm saying. You, this is a, a very rare opportunity in time. He's in a very privileged position. He he can't be so obsessed with oh what's gonna what's Cal Ritchie or Mikhail Gliev gonna do for the Avalanche five years from now, four years from now. You owe it to the guys today. Let's, today. Let's be real. Are you gonna fail? Probably. But if you don't try, you'll never make it. Yeah. So. If you don't, if you don't, if you don't try, you've already failed. What would you not attempt to do if you knew you could not fail? Right. 
There's a, exactly. there's a saying, right? It's exactly what it is. You got to try it or else everybody would do it, right? Yep. And it doesn't get easier from here in terms of contracts. Eventually, Rantanen's going to need an extension. Eventually, Makar is going to need an extension. And looking at how it's hard to recreate a team as good as the 2022 team, it only gets harder from here. Yep. Even if the cap goes up four mil this summer. That's it's just enough. going to get harder. They need to seize the opportunity then with some of the affordable contracts that they have players on now to a different extent, including Bowen Byram. I don't know what that means. Either Bowen Byram takes a big step forward or Bowen Byram's a trade piece, but where he's at right now is an advantage for this apps group, whether they use him trying to prove himself in this year to help the team or they use his affordability to move him because he's still a highly coveted, I'm going to call him a prospect, a highly coveted prospect. Either way, they have things at their disposal that they won't have in a, a year's time. Exactly right. I do think it is a curious conversation with Bowen Byram going through it in my head. Obviously, the Avs would like better out of him directly. The, right now, if they could get better out of Bowen Byram, they would take it and they would deal with whatever that contract ends up being when they get there. Uh, my question is, what can you expect out of Bo going forward? Is there a little bit of a, is this a Nico angle a little bit? Is he going to show up in the playoffs and, and be a different guy? Is this just kind of who Bowen Byram is now? This, this is one of the none. I have no idea the answer to that question, and which is why you don't trade him right now. Yep. Unless you get an obvious long-term answer to your 2C. Morgan Frost is a fun name. He's not that answer, though. Definitely not. There are big holes in Morgan Frost's game, but he's a guy that you need to have a summer conversation about. Casey Middlestat's probably the best combination of your ability to put him into your lineup, win right now with that guy, and have him long term in that position there's a there's a handful of those guys that you could you could find around the league that you could talk yourself into there but not knowing the answer to that question about Bowen Byram is why you don't move him in season also you're going to have a much more limited pool of teams that are willing to make that deal because teams you, you know Philadelphia in the position that they're in right now they probably don't want to move Morgan Frost right now I don't know they, why they would exactly yeah. they probably want to wait and see you know kind of see what happens, and if Byram is great in the postseason, that might just increase that value a little bit if you do decide, hey, he's the odd man out here. Yeah. Sam Malinsky's play has made it so that if you're looking at Bowen Byram and you're saying he's probably like a second, third pairing tweener for us moving forward, you sign Taves and McCarr. McCarr's not going anywhere. They're going to do whatever to keep him. Yeah. Taves is now signed long-term. Bowen Byram's kind of capped out. Yep. In, in Colorado in terms of role for the immediate future. Mm -hmm. He's not going to like that because that's going to limit his earning potential. It doesn't, so he needs to go out and play great to try and end up in a spot where he can go and be a top-pairing defenseman somewhere else. If that's what he is. Yeah, and, and if he goes out and has another great postseason, great. Mm. Like Press that's great, yeah. but it just makes it, in my opinion, it just makes it more palatable to move him in the summer for a long-term 2C option. It's not that I don't believe in Byram's potential. It's that you need to balance your roster. Are you going to get more for a Bowen Byram moving forward or more for a Sam Gerrard? I, my, my question or my answer to that is uh, whichever one ends up solving your long-term second-line center... Either way, is the one that you is the one that you deal. Yeah. I don't have a preference. A hard decision is coming either way. Yeah, it, it, it's just the reality. 
Uh, we are winding down here. We don't have to get in this today. I think we'll probably talk about it more next week, but just very briefly. By proximity alone, would Utah immediately become a rival for the Avs? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. The, the Nuggets jazz thing has never quite taken off the way that it should, but it would help when I have multiple sports where you can be like, yeah, F those guys. <laughs> All right. Also I believe would you. help with some of the insane travel miles that uh, yeah, these West Coast teams put in. Please, but not another expansion team, though. I'm not ready to go through another expansion <laughs> draft conversation for two full years. <laughs> I was so sick of that draft by the time it rolled around. All right, we got one super chat. It looks like uh, the juice with five saying just joining, actually able to see show live ish for once, but been watching daily. Shout out to this crew, the greatest core four of all yeah. time. I don't know about that. But we're all right. We do okay. Uh, thank you well, for the five. The OC won a lot of awards back in the day. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, all right. I think we are just about done for the day. Uh, obviously, a game tomorrow. We will have a pre-recorded pregame because we are doing the takeover of Ball Arena. If you're joining us for that, looking forward to seeing you, hanging out with y'all <laughs> for the game. And then we will have a post-game. We're off this weekend, but we will be back all of uh, all of next week for off-day shows off day stuff. We'll probably do a, uh, a a mailbag show of some kind next week. So have your Longer questions term ready. Thinking here, guys, start preparing yep. your roast my yep. rosters. Yeah, ah, I was just thinking that yes. too. Start preparing them. We won't probably do it until March first ish. Yeah, somewhere somewhere there. around there. But prepare yourselves. That show is coming, <laughs> and I am bringing a. Absolute flamethrower <laughs> this year to your guys' rosters. 14 different people in one trade. Yeah, I mean, I will obviously have some absurd nonsense, but uh, I am going to be, I am in prime roasting territory mm, this look, year. He's just going to spend three hours saying Jets decline. Jets decline. <laughs> I saw whichever one of you on Cap Friendly named your Avalanche roster Jets decline. I saw that. That's so good. And I appreciate you. <laughs> All right, we are out of here for the day. Thank you for hanging out with us for the show. Like and subscribe here on YouTube. If you can't catch us live, you can always catch us on Spotify. Uh, we are an audio-only version if that's more your thing or if you want to listen to us when you're driving or something like that. Uh, we will be back tomorrow, and hopefully we'll see you in person then. Like the mayor, 